I'm Father Spencer. I'm one of the co-vicars here at the table. And today I have the honor of proclaiming good news over us in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Church, today we proclaim the good news that Jesus is revealing that the road to resurrection is marked with suffering, rejection, and death. You don't have to deny the pain that you feel or the suffering that you see all around you. In Lent, we follow Christ into suffering, loss, and even into death, not to be buried, but to bear witness to the ongoing restoration, reconciliation, and resurrection of all things. Christ, the conqueror of death, is carrying you on the road to resurrection. I think at the height of privilege, I have been a part of churches or, or maybe just my own personal disposition. I've been in a place where I've thought that what it meant to take up my cross and follow Jesus was something as silly as this morning when I was at the How to Read the Bible class and we were one adult short for childcare and so I had to go and volunteer for an hour. So there was two adults with three kids for one hour and I do honestly think, I don't know if I would have ever said it out loud, but there probably was some point in my faith where I would have thought, yeah. <laughs> I got that cross on my back just like the J-man. <laughs> I think that we oftentimes, depending where we find ourselves situated in life, what we're facing or not facing, perhaps more commonly, uh, reading these texts flatly and, and kind of skipping over the difficulty of them. You know, in, unable to wrestle with the depths of what actually is happening on the pages. But in Mark, Peter just cannot fathom what Jesus is saying to him. Jesus says, The human one must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and the legal experts, and be killed, and then after three days rise from the dead. But Peter takes hold of Jesus and scolds him and says, No, this cannot be. That's how strongly Peter reacts to Jesus' words, that he grabs him and starts to scold him and correct him. Now, Jesus' prediction about his rejection and suffering and death comes on the heels of him walking on the water. It comes on the heels of him feeding thousands upon thousands miraculously. It comes on the heels of him healing countless sick people. Blind eyes are open, deaf ears hear. Just two verses earlier, Peter was perhaps the earliest adopter in naming Jesus as the Messiah, but he's immediately confronted with his assumptions about what it means to have the Messiah present with him. He has to reckon with his own misunderstanding of what Jesus came to do. Peter, like many of us, wants to believe that following Jesus will insulate us from suffering. That if we follow Jesus, we won't face rejection, that we won't have to look death in the eye, at some level, there's this hope that lies deep within us that following Jesus will exempt us from the pain that we see in the world. I think that I probably have heard sermons preached where that we were shamed for feeling that way, like that was a selfish desire. But I, I believe that that desire is not just a selfish desire. It's born out of a holy hope to see the world made right. Brothers and sisters, whether it's happening to you right now or someone you know and love, or maybe it's just everywhere you look, 
on the way to work, on the news, on social media. Suffering is all around us. We hear countless stories of people facing medical complications. We walk with friends as they receive unexpected diagnoses. We're forced to reckon with trauma that lives in our bodies, that comes out on us in ways that we can't predict and that we can't manage on our own. Everywhere we turn, we see violence or we hear threats of violence. On my way to taking kids to school every day, I see over a dozen people that are confronted with mental illness or substance abuse or homelessness. It's overwhelming. At times it can feel like this shroud of darkness covers everything that I see. And that's why this year I didn't particularly feel like I needed Ash Wednesday. On Ash Wednesday I thought, I mean I think I mentioned it to multiple people, but I needed Ash Wednesday like I needed a kick in the head. I know. I know that death is coming. I know that death is lurking around. It's easy to read this passage and judge Peter, to skip over the pain and be like, dude, he just said after three days he would rise from the dead. But aren't we right where Peter is, clinging to a Savior, desperate for him to help us avoid all of this mess that we see swirling around us? Jesus corrects Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are not thinking God's thoughts, but human thoughts. And then he doubles down and calls a crowd together around him and says, All who want to come after me must say no to themselves and take up their cross and follow me. All who want to save their lives will lose them. Jesus is doubling down. He's clarifying that this is not only the path ahead of him, but it's ahead of all those who choose to follow him. Following Jesus doesn't mean that we are going to float through life unscathed or that we will be exempt from pain, loss, and death. As much as we had hoped it was true, that was never the arrangement. But Jesus says that all who lose their lives because of him and because of his good news will save their lives. And so in Lent, we follow Jesus into the muck of life, not for the sake of masochism, but in the hope of resurrection and in the hope of the restoration of all things. I can identify with this faraway promise in Genesis that's given to Abraham and Sarah. It must have felt at the time like it was darn near impossible to receive that promise. And resurrection often can feel that way to us too if we open our eyes and we trust what we see in the world around us. It can feel like little more than a hope and a prayer. But just like Abraham and Sarah, we can continue to move forward and be carried forward in faith. In Romans, Paul says that Abraham didn't hesitate with lack of faith in God's promise. But this conveniently leaves out Abraham's skepticism in Genesis, which led to his relationship with Hagar. Paul is retelling this story in a different way, trying to stir up faith and juxtaposing the law and faith in a way that we often mistake for setting up faith as the new law, which then takes works, puts them to the side, and then puts faith in the place of works. If I can just muster up enough faith, if I can gaslight myself into never having a shred of doubt, or at least never admitting that I have a shred of doubt, then I'll be worthy of God's love. 
But that's not what we see in the, the passages of Scripture. That's not what we see in Abraham's story. It's not what we see in Paul's story. Jesus is carrying us through. It's not on you to muster up faith or to box out all doubt, but you are free to bring those doubts to the cross, to the table with you as we commune together. I hear this good news in our psalm passage today when it says that for, for God does not despise nor abhor the poor in their poverty, neither does God hide God's face from them. When you feel overcome by death or surrounded by the shred of darkness and doubt and despair, you are close to the poor. God is not turning away from your poorness of heart, your lack of faith, your skepticism. The psalm goes on to say, the poor shall eat and be satisfied, and those who seek God shall praise God. Friends, it's not all, all on you today. You don't have to pretend that you don't see or feel pain and loss and suffering. You don't have to pretend that you have no doubts. But reckoning with reality, we are called to follow Jesus, to pick up our cross daily and march towards death. Holding on to hope that the road that we walk down leads to resurrection, that it leads to the restoration of all things. Beloved, Jesus is revealing that the road to resurrection is marked with suffering, rejection, and death. You don't have to deny the pain that you feel or the suffering that you see. In Lent, we follow Christ into suffering, loss, and even death, but not to be buried, to bear witness to the ongoing restoration, reconciliation, and resurrection of all things. Beloved, hear this. Christ, the conqueror of death, is carrying you on the road to resurrection. You don't have to carry this on your own. You are free to come to the table bearing everything that you hold in your heart, every broken bit of you. Hold that before the Lord and receive communion today. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.